Woo! Yeah. We made it. I'm Drew here with my little sister Ashley and best friend Derek. And we just got back from February 2nd, 1990. The past. Ashley, uh, why? Well, each week we travel back in time to the best year ever. 1990. To watch whatever movie just hit theaters. And maybe visit a movie theater that takes us back to our youth. So we had to track down the first Regal Cinema to open in the U.S. in Titusville, Florida. Um, we, yeah, what was your favorite part of Titusville, Ashley? Um, the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is um, west of Merritt Island in the Kennedy Space Station for anyone who hasn't read the Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> it's, we wanted to go, um, you know, we could have gone to like a fancy movie house or, you know, like a cool um, dinner theater or something. Uh, although not a ton of those like new style ones existed in 1990 but we wanted to go to the type of theater that we grew up going to the multiplex um so this one was in like an outdoor mall and um the theater we would go to the most growing up would be um regal cinemas at uh virginia center commons right bcc oh yeah. yeah what about you derek did you go to like a chain theater or some kind of indie theater growing up harkins and amc what's the first one harkins Never Not even Hawkins? Heard of Harkins? Yeah, I never heard of Regents. Regal? Regents. Sorry, <laughs> Regal. Well, I think Regent <laughs> might be a thing, too. I, I think Maybe. it's a hospital here in Portland. <laughs> I mean, there's AMC and Regal. So, Those are the so two Regal, I'd things. never heard of before moving out here. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, they, and the I mean, Harkins. the the first one opened, and the one we went to had only opened um, like six months earlier in August of 1989 so it still had that new movie theater smell popcorn smell <laughs> um anyway that was a fun time um mm-hmm. let's find out what movie we saw presenting cinema paradiso the academy award winner for best foreign film every night the streets were empty because inside lovers held hands children mm-hmm. laughed and the routine of everyday life was forgotten. Because here at the Cinema Paradiso, someone is making their dreams come true. <laughs> oh, <the> music. <laughs> All right, so as you guessed it, since they said the first two seconds of the trailer, we watched Cinema Paradiso, rated R or TV 14 or PG. For some sexuality, dependent upon who is playing it. Um, this was last year's winner for Best Foreign Film. Now playing in theaters across the U.S. Yeah, so this one, uh, this came out of Italy and won the um, the Academy Award. But, you know, it, it was delayed and it's re- it was playing in film festivals and then finally got like a somewhat mainstream release here. Um, and because we're bound by the laws of physics and rollerblades, we can only go back <laughs> to 1990. We couldn't go back to 1988 um, and visit Italy, unfortunately, to see this. So we went to Titusville. Um, some people close, saw it in Naples. <laughs> um, but, you know, still a great experience. We're all equals once we're inside the Cineplex. Um, 
the poster for this movie says an enchanted village, a wonderful friendship, star-crossed lovers, and the magic of the movies. Sorry to steal your summary, Ashley. But... Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, below the tagline is actually, well, it's cool and creepy. It shows Alfredo, um, one of the characters, the an older projectionist, hunched over the kid who's above like a marquee with the, the name Cinema Paradiso. And then it shows a movie screen um, that's like jutting out into a body of water. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll probably talk about the scene that that comes from uh, later in our discussion. But it's a beautiful um, color palette and captures kind of the like nostalgic hues of a time shortly past. Ashley, can <laughs> yes. you sum up Cinema Paradiso in three sentences? No, in 12 seconds or less. Sure. Derek, you ready? Yep, 12 seconds. All right, go. Um, this is going to be really quick. A boy's love for movies leads to a beautiful and long-lasting friendship between him and the projectionist. Hmm. Three, two. <laughs> there you go. Ooh, rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the sound of film. So this week we are going to be talking a lot about our early and formative and memorable experiences with movie theaters. Um, For our backstory this week, I don't know. Ashley, I am curious if you've seen this movie before or had any um, familiarity with it. But if not, I am curious kind of what your first memory of going to the theater is. And if you don't remember, I (laughs) I can help jog your memory. Sure. Um, I've never heard of this movie, but I'm really thankful and happy that I saw it because it was amazing. Um, but we have the same memory and I do remember seeing Snow White remastered. Yeah, I looked up, um, I texted our mom to see if we were forgetting anything because um, I looked up the years that Snow White was re-released and there was one in the 80s. That was definitely not it. There was one in 91. I don't think that was it. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was 93. Um which is also the year that I saw Gettysburg in theater, a nice in theaters, a nice double feature with Snow White. Um, we went with uh, mom and one of her friends and her uh, friends, two daughters. Pat um, and I, uh, yeah. I can't remember the daughter's names, but yeah. Yeah, her friend Pat and her daughters. Um, and so the main thing I remember from that movie, I mean, we've probably seen it other times in the theater, but I remember um, getting snow capped candies <laughs> those were the best <laughs> which is appropriate yeah movie. it's perfect <laughs> um what do you rem- what do you remember well i feel like we went to like dory park or like the zoo beforehand or something we did a lot of like walking around like a park and then we went to the movie yeah that's Sounds all i right. re- remember but i was i mean if we saw it in 93 i was six so yeah you were you know young enough to barely remember it i should re- i mean and and i you know it was the first one that I could, could remember those two movies. Like I said, those are the ones that I always come to mind. And the reason I asked our mom is because I thought maybe like they drug us along to some movies or something when we were younger, but it sounds like we rented a bunch of movies Mm -hmm. and didn't go to the theater that much, which is uh, consistent with how I remember it. So Eric, um, do you remember your first time in a movie theater? Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure it was when I went to go see Home Alone, the the first one. 
and the intro sequence has this like kind of creepy Christmas music and it zooms in to the full moon and kind of zooms out and shows the McAllister house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then I turned to my mom and I was like, is this a scary movie? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> baby Derek. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to need confirmation because if that's true, um, you were what, three years old? Uh, I'm not 1990. Sure. Spoiler for later in November of this year on new release best year ever <laughs> yeah it was this is one of the first movie going experiences i remember so i, mean, I wouldn't I mean, be surprised a lot of kids was, i mean a lot um, of people did go to the movies when they were super young that's why mm-hmm. i wanted to find out you know if i was forgetting anything um so i wouldn't be surprised at all but before uh we watch it in november you should you should uh get a few more details about that experience i think you're calling me out and saying that maybe that's not my first experience well. but that's that's the only that's my earliest experience that i can remember yeah and, and it might not have been when it came out it might have been at the dollar theater too that's true oh yeah like a yeah. delay the next yeah. year or something yeah yeah cool well those are our first experiences at the theater now we're going to move into the movie and um give a quick rundown and choose our characters from cinema parodies so cool yeah this is where we um just recap who's in the movie and then pick a character each to kind of go on this journey with uh through the rest of the episode ashley do you want to run down the names and pronounce them in immaculate Italian. I was going to say, I'm going to butcher these names, but yes, I will try my best. I didn't even put the actor names in. So. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> these are character names only. Um, so the leads are Alfredo, who's the projectionist, Salvador, Salvatore, Salvatore, um, Toto, <laughs> the boy, Maria Davita, Toto's mom. Secondary is Anna, Alfredo's wife, Elena, or Helena, blue-eyed girl, father, Aldefio, the priest. Mm, this one's tough. A lot of C's. Spaka- Fico. Fico. Like a Fico, the theater owner. It always sounds like so. Um, and then the village idiot, which I can say perfectly. Um, yeah, that was an IMDb. I'm not making a judgment call. Um, square is mine. It's mine. <laughs> uh, Derek, it down. Derek called out during the movie that uh, I know who my character is going to be. <laughs> Didn't dawn on me at the time and no. Um, <laughs> No projection here, but um, Derek, why don't you go first since you were so so okay? So it's it's not the village idiot. Okay. At first, I was like, okay, fine. You know this this is gonna be funny. You guys can laugh at me uh, for choosing that. But then there was probably three quarters way through the film, there was an older guy, and I think he's one of the ones that like dated his girlfriend and had got married, and they kind of survived the whole. Um, you know, life and death of that that theater, mm-hmm. but it's the guy that is is crying during one of the the movies. Oh yeah, because at this point I was crying and, and seeing this guy cry, just like this man, just cry. It was I was like, okay, this is me. I, and he's I, repeating the entire movie too. Yeah, yeah. And crying so he, during his yeah, he memorizes oh, all the lines. Okay. Yeah, he mm-hmm. memorizes all the lines and he's saying it. <laughs> Uh, it was just, it was beautiful. I yeah, love that guy. Great. He's like, Fine, does it cry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's doing the, what should be a super obnoxious thing of like calling out the line half a second before the character on screen says it. But 
we're going to talk soon kind of about, you know, what adds and what takes away from the movie going experience and the way it's portrayed in here. It's a very loving uh, moment. So Mm -hmm. good choice. I'm not sure um, we even have that name listed here, but we know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Movie enthusiast one. Cryer. (laughs) Um, What's your character? I'm going to go with baby Toto. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we see the main character in three uh, stages of life. Um, and you're going with him as a as a kid. Yeah. Do you yeah. think he's attractive as a young adult? Yeah. He's chiseled. He's a fox. <laughs> Jeez. He when looks like a, yeah. an Italian Superman. Yeah. Oh, completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as a uh, as a child, he's just like, very adorable and like. Yeah. And he's just I don't know. He doesn't give up on anything because he wants to know all about the projectionist and how to run the movies, and he just won't stop until the guy finally lets him, which is pretty cool. He knows his passion from a young age. Super cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go with Alfredo. Obviously, he's kind of the other most important character in the movie. <laughs> Actually, I will go with Alfredo. I was going to try to make a case for the woman who I think is his wife, um, his like caregiver after he um is blinded in a horrible uh, theater fire. Oh yeah, is that his wife? Yeah, that's his wife. Okay, so but I'll go with Alfredo. Um, he didn't have all the the luxuries growing up to be able to go to school and had to drop out of high school and basically spent his whole life um in this in this you know like nostalgic wonderful you know kind of this job that that um your character idolizes but constantly being reminded of what he's missing out on <laughs> as other mm-hmm. people come and go as yeah. he watches on screen these fantastical stories so I'm going to go with Alfredo. Um, Ashley is Toto, my protege. And <laughs> Derek is um, the crying movie enthusiast. <laughs> Number <Perfect>. one. Number <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, let's just uh, jump right into the movie then. Our favorite highlights. Definitely this. It's gonna get emotional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gonna do this to us right off the gate? I know. It, I mean, oh man, it all comes flooding Oof. back. I wanted to um, practice my pronunciation of Aninio Morricone before the, before the podcast, but. He's this very famous Italian composer um, who worked on like spaghetti Western films and then he's worked with Tarantino. And so he's been in, um, he's been working forever um, most recently or not most recently, but he got a lot of uh, recent attention when he did uh, The Hateful Eight. Um, So he's, I mean, you just heard it. That sets the tone for the movie and it's ever present just kind of like instant nostalgia hit that you get with the score Ashley <laughs> any do you have anything to add on the score no it just makes me tear up all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's it's beautiful mm-hmm. um, this move I mean it's like a slow um, a slow build like like the song is it's you're kind of I really didn't know 
what journey we were going on in this movie. I know it, it's kind of all told through a flashback. So, you know, the end point pretty early on, but the, the emotional wallop that it, it gets to by the end really snuck up on me. Um, so it all centers around the friendship between, and you, you mentioned this in your description between Alfredo and Toto. So why don't you describe what's special about that friendship, Ashley? Oh, so many things. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, Toto loves film, as we find out very early on. And he's probably, what is he, like seven years old, eight? Mm-hmm. He's a young kid. Um, and he, him and the projectionist become the best of friends through the decades. Um, I don't know. I get emotional even talking about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just a very like beautiful story. And at one point, um, not trying to spoil this for anyone, but Alfredo gets caught in a film fire and loses sight. And then Toto takes over as like a young kid running the projection for the whole town. Does, yeah. Doesn't Toto at one point say, I didn't realize that film actually could catch on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which you see in Gremlins, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 1984. And then very notably, is the climax of Inglorious Bastards, um, where yeah. they use the film to to set the whole theater on on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. So I don't know whether it was movies that kind of like popularized that that you know. I mean, it's a real thing, but I've seen it also in a lot of movies <laughs> <laughs> as well. How flammable film is. It's covered apparently in like this um, grease or lubricant um, that you can lick. <laughs> no, that yeah, that Toto looked. <laughs> you can tell which side you're supposed to to put the film in on by um, which side has the 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 film on it. Uh, well, that's not the word. That's the, <laughs> the the grease on it. So he starts off. Toto starts off as like the precocious kid who is like uh, wants to follow this this guy around or wants to like be all up in his business all the time and yeah. He's annoying, but they also kind of ha- clearly have like a grumpy old man, um, lovable kid dynamic. Um, yeah, Dennis the Menace style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's, Alfredo doesn't want a protege really throughout the whole movie. He's like at this reluctant. He definitely softens up after yeah. the after the fire, but he's kind of got this like reluctant um, mentorship attitude. Um, Toto's mom is very annoyed you know not really she's at one point she's like it's creepy that you're bicycle bicycling around town with a kid um but there's no insinuation that there's anything um uncouth about their relationship it's more just like um the mom is really upset because her husband never came back from the war (laughs) yeah and um she's having to raise two kids on her own and the the boy is just without a father there to um, to discipline and, 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 you know, kind of be a male influence on him. He's looking for this Salvatore figure. He's looking, he's creating a lot of mischief. He's just kind of directionless until he finds, you know, movies and film as this passion that would just be a lifelong, uh, ever evolving passion from being the projectionist to shooting, you know, eight millimeter film in, in town to, where the movie ends with him as a famous film director, as far Mm -hmm. as we're supposed to um, understand. Um, What I thought actually was cool 
about their relationship is kind of the turn it takes when he's older and Salvatore is like the the is basically telling him to leave town and never come back. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, which kind of makes sense because he knew that if he was if he stayed there, he would just be stuck and he would yeah. never develop or grow. So, yeah, they have this really touching moment where he like hugs him and he's just like, "Get out of here! Like, don't ever return. I don't ever want you to come back. I never want to see your face again." And it was very just like, "Oh, that hurts," but at the same and, time, it made sense. And he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. He hasn't been home. We find out at the beginning of the movie for thirty years. He hasn't mm-hmm. seen his mom for thirty years. I mean, there's definitely some. He succeeds in life and he kind of um, maybe doesn't settle down with a, with a wife, but at least professionally, artistically, he succeeds in life. But ever from that, the movie, you would think it's the way we're describing it when he leaves um, town to go pursue his, his life um, as an adult. That's <laughs> like the, there's only like 15 or 20 minutes left of the movie at that point. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the movie is him coming back to town 30 years later for Alfredo's death um, or for his funeral. And that's when, so, so yeah. we should start, go back to how the movie starts. So he receives a call as an adult. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. know what's going on except Alfredo died. And then it cuts into the entire movie and then it moves into this, you know, kind of jumping around back into his bed after you learn that. Yeah, exactly. It's that sort of frames the movie. And then but those last 20 minutes or so um are just back in the present. Yeah. They're back in the present, which is like present day for the movie, um or present day for when the movie came out late yeah. 80s, whereas mm-hmm. the rest of the movie takes place um in the in the late 40s at first and then um early 50s, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's a beautiful relationship that's at the heart of the movie it's not a love story between he falls in love as a adolescent with um uh elena the girl with blue eyes who's of course trouble um and that doesn't really that doesn't work out she moves away and it the the heart of the movie is is him and alfredo Mm -hmm. um the other heart of the movie is just like the theater and nostalgia yes in general um that was probably the main character in hindsight yeah the theater <laughs> yeah describe i mean describe the the theater because i think it's kind of interesting and it's it's like minimalism i'll let somebody describe the theater in the film but it reminded me a lot of our local pub which in a different context is toxic but this reminded <laughs> me so much of uh, a non-toxic place where locals gathered mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. were themselves well, it's so, in town square. I mean, yeah, it's like yeah. literally just kind of the the central heart of the of the the small Italian town. Um, and yeah, at this time, uh, in this time period, going to the movies, you know, every every day, every week was just like an activity that everyone did, um, mm-hmm. regardless of you know what new movie was coming out. Um, but Ashley, yeah, what what's the like, what's the ambiance at Cinema Paradiso? Sure. So you walk up and there's like this beautiful sign that says Nuovo Cinema Paradiso in the front. And then you walk through the doors and there's like these two stair, like staircases or stairwell, stairways going up on each side. And then you go through the middle and then it's kind of, so the people that don't have a lot of money are on the bottom and yep. the people that have more money on the balcony seating, which 
throughout the movie, they like spit on the people below. And it's pretty nasty of them. But they get like, I was like, oh, that's pretty terrible. But the bottom, they're like hooting and hollering and like screaming at the screen and like having just like the best time of their life. Like it's like their livelihood, like to see a movie once a week. Like that's what they live for. Pure entertainment. Mm -hmm. Like they're so entertained and enjoying themselves. Yeah. The kids are like yelling and then like a guy's always sleeping and like the kids are like putting bugs in his mouth and just doing things to (laughs) him. It's just kind of like a ruckus. It's all, it's really cool. Yeah. And there's theaters here, McMinimins. um, Well, the, the main McMinimins um, here in Portland has that same setup um, where you like can sit on the balcony or you can sit down on the main the main level um that was like how all theaters i guess were built they were you know movie houses were often kind of repurposed from um like opera houses or some kind of like other um art house so yeah i it, that was but but i also it was also kind of small and quaint because this isn't like in mm-hmm. rome this is in a small town so yeah you know not a ton of seats the screen was just kind of like uh not crazy huge sized um well yeah what about what about but i'm sure none of them had tv i mean obviously they didn't have tvs or anything so this is the only way to see well right yeah so that's just like a little screen i I don't know if you plan to talk about this later drew but that the point where uh alfredo's like okay we'll give the people what they want Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he brings the projector out and uh the big speaker and plays it on the side of a building because there's just so so many people that want to watch this film in this small town Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I, I really yeah. liked in the within um, the actual theater itself. There's like this lot, this really cool like ceramic lion's mane, lion's head, and then through the mouth of the lion is where the projection, the projecting image came out, which is pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, that was one of the most like art um, deco flourishes of mm-hmm. it. It's like somewhat sparse, uh, but then of course the. <laughs> <laughs> the the image is projecting out of this the lion's mouth and you can see um uh like derek said people are are smoking in the theater there's like you know a lot of activity and so you can see i mean i even get this in my apartment where like um <laughs> the the way that that um dust particles <laughs> uh, look in the projector light um which mine unfortunately is not coming out of a stone lion's head not yet uh, yeah not yet. <laughs> but it's just a it's there's a lot of meta stuff when you're dealing with a movie uh, that's talking about movies but mm-hmm. it's a very cinematic image um what about when toto sees the lion spit blue fire did you guys oh yeah when he makes it up in his head and he's what like whoa <laughs> oh yeah there's a couple little touches surrealist touches in yeah this movie. Mm-hmm. it they never really explained it or anything it was just like a kid's um imagine- i think it's yeah, I think it's just his imagination coming to life of how much he loves movies and being there and like how cool. Yeah, yeah there wasn't a lot of that, but like um, Italian New Wave, uh, well, French New Wave cinema and Italian cinema with Fellini in the in the 70s and stuff was very experimental um, at times. So like they were probably inspired by some of that, but mm-hmm. the because there weren't that many moments, they were very, really noticeable. One was that was almost confusing to me was when it uh, transitioned from, I wasn't sure if he actually got the job as a kid or as a, as his like, you know, teen. Oh yeah. That was strange. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure either. Cause I was like, why would they, but he was like the only one who knew how to work it. So it makes sense. But it went from like him working it and then be like, all the money's for you. 
for to be the projectionist and then he's an adult hmm. all of a sudden so. yeah they show him as a kid but then when salvatore or alfredo is um you know alfredo is blind at this point and so there's just kind of like an interesting cut or like camera pan to where all of a sudden alfredo's talking to him as mm -hmm. um a teenager and uh with in kind of the same scene so yeah that was that was uh, i'm all for those kind of little touches though um let's before we move on from the theater yeah let's play a little clip um of the audience uh Ooh. getting hyped up during the movie <laughs> <laughs> Not when Derek's <laughs> crying. But. Yeah. No, this is before. <laughs> Did what is y'all's personal preference on how <clears throat> you know much um, commotion or audience involvement there can be going on during <laughs> during um, a movie? Does it depend on the movie or what? It depends on the movie, but typically I hate any type of commotion. Yeah, you know, so. but this a movie like this makes does it make you feel like a little bit of a of a stiff or something yeah like, definitely this, this <laughs> i watched it and i was like oh this sounds cool and inviting and like typically i'd be like don't chew your popcorn too loud right yeah people <laughs> go to the movie i mean i've always been a little bit more on the lenient side before a movie starts everyone gets nervous that it's going to be like some really obnoxious um moviegoers like yeah, one group yeah. or something mm -hmm. but if the audience is acting in unison or like reacting to surprising or scary moments or or obviously funny moments in a movie i think i've always i've always saw that as additive like why would you want to go uh, you can get the the sterile experience at your house right uh, i mean the sterile. only yeah <laughs> but the only and i was also thinking but for horror movies in theaters i don't want people react or people being like watch out what's right there like i've had that before and that's like the most annoying person it's it's that's that's such a cliche i mean i guess that does happen but like I, I loved seeing Get Out here um, at a Regal uh, at the at the Lloyd Center. What, what was the audience's reaction throughout the film, though? They were yelling at the characters. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wouldn't like I that. liked it. No, I mean, that's, it was, see, I like that, too. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm used to, like, if we were to see the Chainsaw Massacre remake, I mm -hmm. bet all the jump scares would scare the whole audience. So you could yeah. see the entire audience jump. But that's different than, you know, vocal and, you know, making... Like clapping and stomping your feet and stuff it, it really is a, a like fine line because places like the alamo draft house and the hollywood theater here are very uh, diligent about you know like uh, keeping people from being disruptive like what the difference between a rogue disruptive person and a and a crowd like having a genuine organic response is I, I'm all for the second. I'm all for the the second. I'm one for the second one as sure. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> even this is not a great example, but Avengers. Once Spider-Man finally shows up, everybody in the crowd was just clapping, and it was an <laughs> awesome experience. You know, if I liked Star Wars movies. That oh. that happened a lot with Force Awakens. Oh yeah, when you first <laughs> see Skywalker, dog. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, that was so that was moments. a great time. Yeah. 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 Um, Cool. Well, um, lastly, while we're talking about the theater, you mentioned when they project it outside um, on one of the buildings. There were some cool viral images, by the way, the past year um, in European countries, maybe Italy for that matter, yeah. where they were doing that on like so during, people could watch out their windows. Yeah, during the mm -hmm. the COVID. 
during yeah. the pandemic. That was um, beautiful. Yeah, obviously theaters are closed right now, except in the past where we're <laughs> where we're safely traveling to. Um, AMC stocks going up though. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Um, okay, would you we like can to move- explain. Would you like to break that? No, uh, we, no. Let's just move on. Let's move on. Let's go. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about nostalgia. Our podcast is based on the concept of going back in time to revisit movies from our youth that we either watched when they came out or watched, you know, when we were forming kind of our adult sensibilities. Um, this movie has a complicated relationship with nostalgia. Um, it's drenched in it, but the Alfredo character is obviously like, um, you know, you need to, you need to leave town and pursue your own life and not kind of fall into this, um, this wonderland, you know, kind of, uh, snow globe life that you have here. And then Toto's mom at the end, when he's sort of apologizing um fairly for not having visitor visited her in 30 years she's like (laughs) i'm you you did the right thing or she Mm -hmm. says something like you know to that effect to where it was very bittersweet i mean she was like you had to do what you You had had to do do. for you Mm -hmm. um but i don't know ashley did this movie make you feel good about indulging your nostalgia um or feel like maybe we're living in the past too much <laughs> no i quit the podcast right now yeah <laughs> no i, I made me want to look back at more movies from the past and like different things yeah. and reminded me of childhood and growing up and enjoying the little things at that time so nothing wrong with nostalgia i agree i mean like as long as you you need new memories to appreciate old ones so right. there's all like like everything yeah. there has to be a balance there um let me get my obligatory cobra kai reference in oh no <laughs> <laughs> you can't really have the 2020 um cobra kai without the 1984 one yeah and, you know you can't have nostalgia yeah. mm-hmm. it doesn't work without the old nostalgia but you know people are watching it that haven't watched the old one too so mortal Kombat shout out 2020 yeah yeah <laughs> there's been some uh some leaks and some imagery coming out and starts with the bar fight between sub-zero and scorpion maybe so yeah maybe we're getting there <laughs> um i lastly um on a bittersweet note i wanted to make uh, our predictions for what going to the theater is going to be like going to the theaters is going to be like once we can again. Um, obviously this movie makes you, um, like you said, want to see older movies, but it certainly will make you want to go to run out to the Cineplex. Um, Ashley, are, you know, are you dying to get back to the theaters assuming it's safe or, or what? Um, I kind of appreciate watching from my home, right. but yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to be used to it. Yeah. Um, but I do, I mean, there's something still like wonderful about going to a theater and like having popcorn and singing on a big screen and the surround sound and the audience. Um, I'm still going to go to the theaters, but I do enjoy watching it from my house now a lot. The habit of, I'm looking uh, forward to like some backyard, big screen, somebody's popping popcorn. My dad mm -hmm. has a popcorn making machine. We could put a projector out there in his backyard. With surround sound, and that satisfies everything you just said, Ashley. So that's true. Coming to Portland, 
Yeah. I, well, the the point is to have a like a group experience. Like all caveats aside about about mm-hmm. health. I mean, like you know whether it's indoor outdoor assuming you know there's no risk of 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 uh catching a deadly disease like this is just another reminder that i don't want to get too comfortable um you know i have a projector at home minus uh you know and and once the lion head gets imported from (laughs) yeah i'm shipping it yeah i'll have everything i need um except the the like the stuff we were describing, sort of the the randomness of a crowd environment, the, yeah. the cumulative yeah. effect you get watching a movie with a bunch of people, leaving your house, um, having to be the center of your like day and activity, and then you know talking about it after because you're not like just back to your normal at home routine. Like, especially I need- those ones that rock you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm. I was already decent about going to the theater, but I am really going to try to do my part to keep theaters <laughs> around mm-hmm. once they reopen. Um, yeah, nice. they have, they have memberships and, and yeah, um, yeah we we were really lucky here actually in Portland to have like yeah. three or four uh, awesome theaters nearby. So actually we've probably hit on this, but what was your kind of like emotional takeaway and headspace at the end of this movie i felt really happy (laughs) at the end even though the scene at the end is like a funeral i just felt like he came back to his childhood and kind of relived everything from the beginning and then you kind of went on the journey with him and then when it ended you're like that was really good and you feel i just felt really good at the end it's a great movie there was two i I forgot about this one scene where he rewatches the like footage he originally took of, of the girl he was in love with mm-hmm. as a kid and that scene's pretty like it's a little heart-wrenching but then the final scene is him watching like he's back in in um, wherever he lives in the big city um in his fancy house or like his his cinema setup um his director's room and he's watching this mystery mysterious reel that alfredo <laughs> left him and actually what's on this what's on this film reel all the splices that he took out of like people kissing and all the scenes that weren't allowed to be shown. Yeah. That were so, censored. so give, give a little context behind this part because we yeah, haven't we mentioned this yet. Them. Yeah, sure. Um, so towards kind of the beginning of the movie, you see a new movie being played, being played. And then a priest is just watching it. And every time there's a scene that's like a little bit too risque, like someone getting kissed or anything like that happening of that nature, hovering a bell. And then Alfredo put like a ticker on um, the reel to edit it out and take that scene out so that he can show it in the square without it having any raunchy scenes in it. Yeah, I don't think it's his personal choice. It's probably like a government um, What's the priest too? Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe it is kind of like uh, because everyone and they want everything to be accessible to to everyone, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why there's some confusion with the movie rating. It's a very PG movie, aside from a few like dated things that they they kind of show um, until the last thirty seconds when they show a highlight reel of mostly chaste, you know, making out on the beach and stuff. But a few, um, a little bit of nudity. Yeah, (laughs) things get a little more risque over the over the years, and Mm -hmm. it's just it's a movie that's nostalgic about movies ends with a montage of like movie clips it's it's a beautiful ending and then of course it ends with (laughs) 
Beautiful music. Ugh, no, not again. Okay, let's stop take doing that to me. <laughs> a quick break from our discussion of Cinema Paradiso while we dry our eyes and tune our dials to NR94 <laughs> New Release Radio. This is where we give you a taste of what was happening this week back in 1990, starting with a hit tune. Okay. <laughs> my home girl. Is this where she's dancing nice. with a cartoon cat or no? You like the movie? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The video is, uh, is okay. <laughs> the wild pair apparently is a, a, a animated cat. So cool. Let me get the announcer back. The song you just heard was Pal Abdul featuring the wild pair with opposites tracked up six spots to number two on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of February 2nd, 1990. Ashley, what's happening in news or pop culture this week? Well, it's our last episode before Super Bowl 55. So let's see what's going on with the big game in 1990. Mm. Yeah. On January 28th, there was Super Bowl 24, which was the 49ers versus the Broncos. Yeah, baby. At the Louisiana Superdome <laughs> in New Orleans. And the 49ers destroyed the Broncos 55 yeah, baby. to 10. <laughs> uh, the MVP was Joe Montana. Yeah, baby. And then cost of a Super Got Bowl ad in the house apparently in 1990 was seven hundred thousand dollars. Hot stuffed new hot stuffed potatoes only at Wendy's. Introducing two new hot stuffed potatoes from Wendy's. Italian with sausage, a meaty tomato sauce, and mozzarella cheese, and Mexican with taco meat, picante sauce, cheese sauce, and sour Yum. cream. New hot stuffed potatoes. Yeah, baby. Yeah. At first, so, I thought they said hot stuff, like sexy potatoes, but hot stuffed potatoes. <laughs> I was like, oh. 19, 1990 at Wendy's is a day that will live forever in fast food history because they yeah. introduced the, the hot stuffed baked potato. Actually, it is a weird thing that you can get at a fast food place, isn't it? Yeah, it's not very. Yeah, I don't know why you would do that, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe right. it was a hot seller that year. Um, yeah, you're welcome. So what about the box nice. office reports? Yeah, we, um, we've still got driving Miss Daisy making its award push at number one with 6 million Stella, a new, um, bet Midler mother daughter movie, um, that we did not see this weekend debuted with 4.3 million Tom Cruise still hanging in there with his wow. born on the 4th of July of a war movie. And then at number eight, <laughs> Tremors. <laughs> um, not bad. It's it's it dropped twenty one percent this week to two point four, but it's still in the top ten. And then of course, at number eighteen, Cinema Paradiso at, with sixteen um, point five thousand dollars. But that was from only one theater. So wow, it 
averaged more than any of those other movies and it would have a very like slow rollout which is what you see sometimes in modern day with awards movies um they'll put it in new york and la and titusville florida of course mm-hmm. um and then it was like months later before this was in over 100 theaters so um slow rollout but people were uh definitely turning out to the limited theaters that it was showing in it's impressive i wonder if it seemed like this theater in the movie they were probably yelling. not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay now for everyone's favorite segment on nr90 rank the blank pew 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 This is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week's topic, most meaningful movie theater experience. Meaning, <laughs> this <laughs> isn't, but it's, it's about the movie, okay. of course, but it's more about everything surrounding the movie. So this is going to be a, a very personal list. Um Ashley, do you want to mention a couple of your honorable mentions before we get to our final choices? Sure. Um, let's see. Seeing Spinal Tap at Red Rocks in Colorado was pretty amazing. Um, cool. A six-year-old at Red Rocks, beautiful sound. It was at night. Everyone's just like drinking and having a good time, hanging out. Um, I watched The Room in New York City. Um, I don't know if you've seen a viewing of like a midnight showing of The Room, but people yell the entire time, like throw spoons at certain scenes. It's kind of... It's crazy. Yeah, I've heard. Um, I have not. It's pretty nuts. And then I was thinking about when I went to see Finding Nemo when I was in high school. Um, and it was just an audience of all kids. And it was really cute. All the kids were like laughing and just like with their families. It's pretty adorable. Oh, mm-hmm. um, Drew didn't mean that awe, by the way. Yes, this is his robotic response. Oh, <laughs> it was a yawn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Derek, do you have any honorable mentions you want to? I've got a couple, on? yeah. So I remember being into Pokemon and Poke- the Pokemon movie came out and I saw it with my my dad took... Anyway, I got a free Pokemon card out of it, which is really cool. Nice. You got a ticket, you got a Pokemon card. And then uh, seeing Rocky Horror Pictures show for the first time and my friends kind of scared the shit out of me saying that they were going to call me out for being a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess when you see the film for the first time, you're supposed to go up on stage and dance. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Luckily, they did not fucking do that to me. Yeah. Oh, and terrible. <laughs> well, did people did people go up on stage, though? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. Exactly. The room and, or not the room, well, probably. Different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to make that mistake again. Um, <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture and Room are kind of the two most infamous, like, recurring midnight movie uh type audience experiences um for me um i had so many great experiences at alamo draft house in austin um maybe more on that soon um when i lived in los angeles i would go to the movies by myself a lot and i saw melancholia at the egyptian theater it was kind of like uh a premiere during this this film festival and um uh Kirsten Dunst was there and, and the rest of the cast and dang that, that was cool um, that's awesome 
Yeah, Lars von Trier was not there because he doesn't he doesn't fly, but the <laughs> the cast <laughs> was there. Um, and then uh, since I've moved to Portland, it's probably been my most prolific movie going um, period. Uh, the Hollywood, which Derek mentioned, has shown Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hateful Eight, Josie and the Pussycats. Good movie. Love I it. I saw this move, this Italian horror movie, The Beyond, with a full orchestra, and Oliver and I saw Nosferatu with a um, pipe organist playing their newly restored cool. like pipe organ behind the stage. That's um, a badass theater. Yeah, I saw Prom Night with um, like an introduction by drag queens. Um, and a ton of other stuff. Uh, the Hollywood Theater is like well known for their um, like resurgent shows and and showing um, just just putting together these really cool events. Uh, those are our honorable mentions, which means none of them made the cut. Um, as we move into our um, final choices, Ashley, did we have any responses to the Instagram poll? For sure. favorite movie theater. Yep. So the Alamo definitely made the top of the list. Nice. nice. Um, but then we had like the SIE Film Center, which is like a local film center in Denver. Hmm. Um, and then a sprinkling of other ones, but Alamo was like the number one. Oh, we had the Mayan as well, which is oh, yeah. probably my favorite theater. Yeah. Denver has some some really cool theaters. Mm-hmm. What was that theater in downtown Portland, Drew, where it was part of the OHSU Film School? What is that called? Um, I didn't respond to the poll, but this is my poll post. <laughs> you like that one the pick? best? No, not the best, but that one just sticks out for some reason. Yeah, it's like a student. It's a student-run theater um, that they do the programming. I think they work the concessions. They um, get to host like their own like personal movie. Um, you know, watch their own films there. Uh, it's pretty cool. We saw Blue Valentine. Is that the one you're thinking of? Yeah, that is the yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I voted for Regal, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Before we reveal our selections, is there any criteria that would be fair to judge something so personal on, Ashley? Is it just who tells the best story? I guess. (laughs) I don't know. It's kind of, this is going to be tough. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to, it's always, we always try to make this personal, but this one, it's we're going to be just stacking our experiences up against each other yeah not the movies so i think um, we should compare it to the feeling that uh toto had throughout his entire film experience yeah exactly kind of you know like uh kind of an adventure but also you know emotion and uh history i don't know i definitely i definitely (laughs) considered you know like how I went about choosing my movie um, based on kind of him discovering film at a young age. Like we said earlier, we didn't go to the theater a ton when we were Toto's mm-hmm. age, but I wanted to, I didn't end up picking anything from the Hollywood because I wanted to pick something that was like when I was getting into film as an adult. But um, before uh, I give my answer, we always start with the movie itself. So in Cinema Paradiso, the experience that we're kind of, we're kind of just lumping all of his early childhood experiences. I think if this is how we should do it into one kind of like collection. Um, 
Why'd you ask us? Because this is perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we've got, we've got Toto's experiences um, at a young age. Ashley, um, what's your answer? Sure. So I mentioned this earlier, but so the theaters, the Mayan, which was built in 1930, and it's one of the, it's one of three only art deco style, um, Mayan art deco style theaters left in the United States, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Um, so you walk in and it's beautiful. Um, I, Drew, because you went to this a few times, right? Oh, yeah. You went to the Mayan. Yeah. So this movie um, is the first movie that I actually like full on cried in a movie theater um, while I was watching it. So we went to one of like the smaller rooms. There's only, I think there's like four or five um, different screens. So it's one of the smaller screens within mm-hmm. the Mayan. And so there's probably maybe 30 people in the audience and everyone's crying during oh, the whole dang. movie. And they're just like sniff, like you can hear like in this, when everything is silent for a second, everyone's just sniffling. And it was just kind of like a really good bonding moment because you could tell everyone's just like overwhelmed with emotion the entire movie. That's beautiful. So here's What's, a clip from yeah. that. <laughs> What's the dog's name? Jack, there wasn't a dog. He was trying to trick me, okay? There wasn't a dog. Old Nick stole me. I want a different story. No, this is the story that you get. Ooh. So that's Brie Larson trying to explain why they're in this room, um, essentially like a basement held captive to her son that was born there. So I Ooh. I got confused I again earlier yeah. <laughs> um, when you when you yeah. started this. You're not talking about yeah, you're you're not, I'm not talking, talking about, about the room. room. I'm talking about room with Brie Larson. Right. Yep. Um Wow. Well that's that's a different kind of tears than than yeah. we had during um cinema parody. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but sort of exhilarating at the end. Um yeah, that's a heavy movie. Yeah. My movie is not heavy at all. It is um <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not mentally is, not heavy at all. It is an epic experience that I had um at noon on a Saturday at the downtown Alamo Draft House in Austin, uh, called the Ritz. Um, it's the original one. There's just kind of like two screens there. Um, one one giant screen uh, where they still occasionally do 70 millimeter showings, uh, much like they do here at the Hollywood, Hollywood. Theater in Portland, um, much like they do wherever they still have film projectors. They're likely to show this movie periodically. Um, I would say the name, but let's just hear the a little bit of the opening sound. <laughs> 25 seconds worth. So, um, (laughs) obvious choice, I know, but it's funny. The first time I watched this movie or tried to watch it was actually in Denver on VHS, which (laughs) (laughs) not the opposite (laughs) of this experience. It is a living testament to, and I even put it on the other night on TCM when Jamie was here, and of you know, uh, Jamie, uh, 
Yeah, in 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 total <laughs> fairness to her, like she was having none of it, even on the the format that I have here. It's it's the definition of the type of movie that demands a cinema a cinematic experience, seventy millimeter. Um, you're you know I saw it like I said early in the early in the day, um, so you're locked in for three and a half hours or whatever. It's actually not as long of a movie as people think it is. I think it's I think it's like two hours um nevertheless it's just a like immersive uh, mind-blowing experience you can't really be overstated um how sitting in the third row of a, of a giant theater with the sound cranked up um and lastly uh, the reason i picked this over some of the experiences uh at the hollywood is because i feel like as an adult um in Austin is when I kind of like rediscovered my love of going to the movies. Um, nice. You know, we went to the movies as teenagers as just kind of like lumped in with any other activity to do um, mm-hmm. with friends. But like when I was seeking out movies, watching older movies in theaters that definitely happened at Austin and the draft house theaters are like, give you all the incentive you need with their programming and their mm-hmm. cool, like, um dining experience to just Harry Potter marathons. Yeah. They they <laughs> metal saw... metal music like don't talk on your cell phone during the movie. Like yeah, they do the mm-hmm. cool like pre movie uh um, talk will kill you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a it's a great experience. I mean the Hollywood doesn't quite match it in my opinion, but that's a different uh different rank the blank topic. Derek um what's your submission oh man okay so i grew up loving the ninja turtles i remember getting vhs tapes in a burger king happy meal or whatever they called it 15 minute specifically just just for burger king ninja turtles tapes Mm -hmm. i watched the show I watched the live action films where people dressed up in the the suits and fought and I actually knew was friends of a friend that knew Leonardo in those mm. movies. Anyway, cool. but I went home from Portland. I hadn't seen my mom in a while. And I'm sorry if this is going on way too long. But um, growing up, my mom would say that, you know, one of the funniest things I would say was cowabunga or like, I want pizza. Because of, <laughs> because you of, still say that. <laughs> <laughs> Because of uh, Jesus Christ, not Donatello, not Raphael. Michelangelo. Yeah, thank you. Michelangelo. He's kind of like the stoner of the group. Anyway, uh, I went home and watched the t- 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where they're all bulked out, fucking veined, <laughs> veined up. <laughs> yep. And you know what? A lot of people talk shit about that movie, but I watched it and I loved it so much. It was just a nostalgia overload, mm-hmm. especially with... Raphael finally kind of talking to his team of brothers. And that's where this clip comes from. Cool. I just, uh, uh, if this is our last moment Mm -hmm. together, I just want you guys to know I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was so hard on you. Uh, Every time I pushed you, I, I threatened you, I yelled at you, I pushed you beyond your limits because I believe in you. 
I believe in each one of you. I believe in your spirit and in your intelligence and your potential. And every time I talked about walking away, it was because I was scared. I just didn't think I was good enough to stand next to you and call you brothers and say to you, I love you. Damn. I oh, love you guys okay. so much. Ralph? We made it. Are you crying? <laughs> Beautiful. Dude, yeah, that that, was actually I, I, I cried in like right next. My mom was to my left and I just started bawling. <laughs> just the nostalgic because you never get that emotion of Raphael and that his what he's talking about really hits home. So, I mean, I've got good news for you. <laughs> We're watching two of your favorite, most nostalgic movies this year. I know. Ooh. I've already looked at the schedule. We good. Yeah. So, um, stay tuned for about a month from now for uh, a big green surprise. <laughs> Actually, um, Bainey, um, uh, what else did you uh, buffed out? Uh, where do we want to rank Cinema Paradiso? I know it's it's kind tough. of an oddball with our choices, um, mm -hmm. but just like the emotional response you had to watching the movie versus your own emotions. <laughs> Well, <laughs> How does it stack up? Well, then mine are gonna be higher for watching yeah. Room, but uh, Cinema Paradiso is so, so good. Let's um, just put it aside. I don't think it's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. I agree. it inspired the list, but it can't really. Let's it, it'll be fun. so. Let's let's not even place it then. Let's just take it out of yeah. our options. Yeah, yeah. Because exactly. yeah. Now we're just ranking each other. So yeah, so that's much easier. <laughs> just kidding. I feel like Ashley and I have more emotion than yours, Drew. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. I don't think <laughs> You're out. I, I don't. I I don't know. I mean, you know, I I don't know. It, this is difficult. I don't know. I, 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 I think, room is a weird one to me. I I I I get that people were crying in it, but and I saw that maybe in Denver as well. I, I don't know. I just it's not the type of movie that has a profound like crowd effect yeah because it's for me it's not for you that's well, what yeah. I'm thinking like you cried in the theater once big deal but everyone is I don't know it's like a beautiful moment for me yeah so that's why oh, this is getting very see, my, see mine yeah. was a very <laughs> like, beautiful moment for me as well so I don't know well I don't <laughs> but know mine if was it no, yours wasn't. No, yeah, definitely know. not. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if we can rank these. That's what I'm saying. Is like I feel like I'm never. I'm not going to back down from my my experience to have yours rank above me. And if that were the case, then I would put me first and Derek second and Drew third. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, well, I think we should do a, a three way tie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's I'm fine. okay with that. Yeah, we're this could be our first ever tie because yeah. uh, it was a really a cool topic, um, and I think it it was one that we needed to discuss, but mm -hmm. it doesn't fit in with the being able, you know, we need to be a little bit detached to be able to rank each other's selections. All so, right. Yep. Oh, so, so we did tie. So Drew doesn't yeah. want to lose. Is it's basically a, what well, so, well, so the tie, this is the first ever in new yeah. release, right? I'm okay I with mean, that. The only, the only thing I'll say about y'all's is um, Nice. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> the only thing I'll say about y'all's choices is they're more specific. Like mine is something that probably oh, a God. lot of people have have had. No, I mean that in a good way. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You. Yeah, I mean you're. Yes. Yeah. You're yours definitely is, speaking. No yes. one else would answer <laughs> yes. TMNT 2014 for this. Um, no, definitely not. 
<laughs> I, I don't think anybody loved that film as much as I did. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is saying so, a lot. Uh, a lot of people have seen 2001 in 70 millimeter, but I, like I said, I, I wanted if it, the way it fit into the, like the, the context of my adult movie theater life. Um, it was, it w- was important. So cool. Three-way tie. Good job, everyone. Thanks for sharing. Are we ready to um, get back to our final thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Let's see how good of a... Let's hear it, Drew. It's almost time to sign off on New Release Radio for this week and give our final thoughts on Cinema Paradiso. But before we do, let's listen to an inspired new track that move up, moved up to number 46 on this week's Billboard Top 100. So that was Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode, a song you might know more from the Marilyn Manson cover in 2005. Now back to our feature presentation. Ashley, how were the reviews for Cinema Paradiso? They're terrible. Just kidding. (laughs) It won won the Academy Award. Besides Uh, it winning a billion awards, it was really bad. (laughs) Um, No, the reviews were great. It was a 90% plus review rate. So people loved it. Everyone loved it. Um, I loved it. So okay. this is the part where I read two true reviews by critics, and then I created one or two or eight by myself. Ooh. And you guys can figure out which ones I created and which ones were by the critics. Are you ready? No. Nope. Go for it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, one, a cinema lover's delight. Okay. That's true. Okay. Um, two. Ask me what it is about movies I love so much, and I'll tell you to see Cinema Paradiso for your answer. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. Three. Please watch this movie. <laughs> Sounds like and, an Ashley. And four. Um, a wonderful story about the love of cinema, perfectly captured by Giuseppe Tornator Tornator. <laughs> Well, it's just because you can't pronounce the name doesn't mean you didn't write it and try to throw us off the scent with another name drop. Um, I, I think, think you wrote actually wrote four. the second. I'm saying three and four. Second. Mm, I wrote three and four. Nailed it. <laughs> I'm back on top. Wait, so did you say that you were writing one, two of them? I said one, two, or eight. I just made up numbers. So. Oh, okay. maybe if you got your head out of the popcorn. Yeah, well, I ran out. I needed to go re up. <laughs> nice, um, good job, Drew. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. The first, so wait, the first two were critic reviews. Yep. I mean, those were concise. And was one of the critics one asked me what I love about movies, mm-hmm. and I'll, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the reputation that I knew this movie had that it was nostalgic for movies and movie theaters and definitely lived up to that, um, that reputation, but it was more of a relational drama than I, than I expected. So mm-hmm. it obviously doesn't work without, without that component. Um, so yeah. And it, I mean, it, the people, the relationship people had to theaters when this came out versus now is just 
like I said, that's why we went to Regal versus like an old 70s movie house yeah, uh, where people might have been seeing this like it's it's a totally different um totally different type of theater going experience and we'll see what comes next ashley <laughs> did this movie win any awards or would you like to give it any it won a, it won a ton of awards um, <laughs> so we already mentioned some but a cat it won an academy award for best international feature a golden globe for best foreign language film like a billion BAFTA awards, best original music, best foreign language film, best mm. actor, the and, music, then a, yeah. and then a billion other awards. Just yeah. keep, the list just keeps going. I mean, so. the the movie starts off with multiple countries giving them giving this movie an award, right? Did you see yeah. that as well? Yeah, yeah tell yeah, your yeah, was there. Um, wait, real quick. Um, this has to be our most decorated because we yes. skipped Amadeus last year. <laughs> this has to be our most decorated movie by far. Yeah. Oh yeah, it definitely is easy. Um, and then for Ashley Awards, Let's Italian see. rap. <laughs> no, no rap this time. This is, I know I really <laughs> set the bar high on the last one. Um, I should have a couple. So, Magnificent Movie Magic Masterpiece Making Memories nice. Award. And then this is a little ditty, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. A little ditty. Um, scene by scene, splice by splice. Watch it once, and you'll have to watch it twice. Oh, those are my awards. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Let's rank this sucker. Ooh. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, it's. I'll uh, go. I can go first. On a scale of one to ninety, how nineties is Cinema Paradiso based on music, wardrobe, actors, and nineties tropes? You can go, but this isn't a nineties movie. I mean, it's yeah. not supposed to be, which is fine. Twenty-five. It's not a nineties film. That's not I mean, saying anything against how amazing it is. Yeah, it's but wonderful. It, it, it gets a low 90s score. How 90s is this? 25. Yeah. I think anything under go. like 50, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't get yeah. a ranking. I mean, yeah. It's but what's what's cool, um, as we move into our final recommendation, it, it kind of ties in ties into this. The whole, we've said this before, but the reason we follow this you know aside from our rollerblade technology we follow this week-to-week -week format is so that we're forced to see a range of movies and this movie um is foreign language for one i don't think we watched any foreign films um, yeah we, have, we, we haven't even, we haven't even mentioned that yet it's subtitled <laughs> oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i mean it's, it's universal it, like in its themes but but yeah <laughs> the language is italian mm -hmm. um and it's just uh, we can't watch all cheesy action movies and this movie is nostalgic for a time that we never lived in but it's not us reliving our own nostalgia so yeah. yeah yeah it's just cool to watch a different type of movie um that has nothing to do with the 90s we'll get plenty of hardcore 90s movies yeah. in the coming weeks don't worry um Ashley, uh, no surprise here. Your final recommendation? Watch it, watch it, watch it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Is there any, like, I mean, say you have a friend who doesn't like subtitles, doesn't like artsy films. Is this a movie you're going to be compelled to tell people to watch anyway? Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, because I'm not yeah. even, I mean, I'm not really into, like, I don't watch a lot of foreign films or anything, but. This movie was just once it ended, I was like, "Wow, that's a very well done movie." So yeah, and I learn how it. to appreciate subtitled films. Come on, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Subtitles shouldn't be a barrier, but just kind of like watching movies outside of your comfort zone in general. Um, you know, like foreign yeah. films from decades ago might be a tough sell to some mm-hmm. people. Um, but yeah, I of course recommend it as well. I mean, I'll even say that like I was captivated all the way through, but um like the first third or half of the movie or so I was like, this is fine. Um it really like it builds. It builds, yeah. I mean mm-hmm. it builds to an emotional <laughs> crescendo that is that is hard to rival. But I wasn't like blown away for the first half or so. So even if somebody's watching it and not like understanding our our like rave endorsement just 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 keep keep with it just finish you know. it yeah <laughs> yeah Derek? definitely anything to add um i mean you know some tears were shed which means that the characters are built perfectly not perfectly but built in a anyway yes watch yeah. <laughs> watch, watch it. and i'll rewatch it too it's it's a good film mm-hmm. i really liked it yeah this is a good movie to rewatch with someone who hasn't seen it i mean yeah. obviously if they have seen it and they know what they're in for that's cool but you would feel comfortable like sharing this with other with other people mm-hmm. um so yeah the legacy of this movie there's no sequels there doesn't need to be a netflix remake no although no no <laughs> it, t- it tells yeah. the story of film over anyway history yeah yeah you could obviously tell like there's all sorts of things that come out now that are about nostalgia for different time periods but this one captured this era at the movies as good as you possibly could hope for so yeah mm-hmm. let it be um and let it be commemorate it with a slightly <laughs> overpriced but worth it, but well-made merchandise at the new release gift shop. What are we going to sell? I'm pretty to sure we're all going to agree on this. I don't think we are. I mean, I already thought about it, but Derek, there's, do you have an idea? There's Ashley? two There's two lions <laughs> on this podcast, <laughs> and yep. there's a lion in the film. I think we should have a lion that just spits blue fire out, or blue, you know, some sort like of... A lighter? Oil. Or just an <laughs> yeah, like a lighter, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's that's my, my. I was thinking more of I might have to act this out so no one can tell him. But you can just <laughs> so what are those things that has the pictures in it and you flip? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what are those toy, called? The Toy Story things. Yeah, but I don't, there's a name for them. So they're basically like goggles you look through and then you move the thing at the top from left to right and it switches the photo over. Mm-hmm. So I want to sell those, but they're gonna be like splices of people kissing. Nice. Wow, you actually just might have come up with a real Etsy uh, opportunity here. So <laughs> whenever those were definitely popular in our childhood, so we got like a '90s nostalgia, but layered on top of that, like an old film nostalgia mm-hmm. for like um, movie hipsters. Yeah, they're, they're um, called real viewers. There you go, real yeah. viewers or view masters. Red plastic. Yeah, red um, with a white. They're like VR goggles with just. <laughs> yeah so that's my suggestion that's actually uh, people will i just bought a trapper keeper today so people will buy anything (laughs) um, (laughs) anything that they're nostalgic for but i could totally see like people um doing some kind of like handmade uh addition to those and splicing in like 
yeah cool film clips or mm-hmm. you know like random photos from a thrift store or something that's interesting you're onto something cool um, we can do that in the lighter derek non-squeezable product <laughs> yeah <laughs> why did you buy a trapper keeper today by the way I'm going to hopefully use it as a laptop sleeve, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> now that makes sense. Your laptop's probably small enough for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have like the rings in it. It's like, anyway, it's we don't older. have to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for Cinema Paradiso. Um, next week we are. <laughs> oh man. Forget everything I just said because we're venturing back firmly into B action movie territory to get reacquainted with a ponytailed hero from our <laughs> childhood. Steven Seagal is Detective Mason Storm. Mason! They thought they'd silenced him, but Mason Storm... You better dial 911. ...is hard to oh, kill. Oh. Rated R. Starts Friday, February 9th. You better dial you. 911, baby. Those are definitely numchuck sounds. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Seagal as Mason Storm in Hard to Kill. Mason <laughs> Storm. Are you sure this is... Uh... Sounds like a porn, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, it's not well, X-rated. <laughs> we'll find out next week. Um, are y'all excited? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, um, my, my dad's going to love this, too. Yeah. <laughs> ours as well. Um, yeah. Subscribe to the podcast to hear that and so much more by searching new release best year ever on Spotify or Apple podcast or anywhere else. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> Is it a wrap? Yeah. Oh, a sad wrap. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>